Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Susie Hink, a registered dietitian who went to school to play the cello and study medicine, but found out her passion was not to become a doctor. While she was in school, she found dietetics because of her interest in health and nutrition, which led her to a balanced career with having a family. She currently has started her own business, The Parenting Dietitian. Please enjoy my conversation with Susie. Well, Susie, I am excited to finally have this conversation with you. I know that we connected a couple, was it a couple years ago that we kind of connected and talked about you being on the podcast? It was a while back. I'm so yes. glad to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, and I think we we actually connected with um, your previous job. We were talking mm-hmm. about interns or something, and that's how we initially connected. It wasn't even about the yep. podcast. It was about interns and finding yeah. some preceptors. So <laughs> Right, exactly. That is how we connected. Um, I think it was like summer 2020. Yeah, I think, gosh, it feels like, it feels like longer, but you know, I know time, exactly. time is like, we're in a time warp right now with, with the past couple of years. It's like, whoa, what year are we on? Can we have a couple back? Oh my gosh, I know. <laughs> well, I would love to, let's go back. Um, let's kind of start back to where you got interested in dietetics. You know, where did that kind of fall into your lap or was it something that you knew about? I'd love to hear the story of where you kind of met up with dietetics as your profession. Yeah, I didn't come straight into it like a lot of people do. And I love hearing so many dietitian stories of how they come into the field because I know everyone's story is so different, but I didn't, you know, I didn't grow up even really thinking that I would go into the field. So I ended up falling into it a little bit later. Um, So, you know, when I was like looking into colleges, kind of the time when you're thinking about your career, I was kind of on the medical school track of things. So that typical pre-med student doing all the science-y stuff. Um, And I happened to be at a, I had chosen to go to a liberal arts school in Minnesota, um, St. Olaf College. And I chose to go there because I was also um, a cellist and- Well, I am a cellist, I should say, but so you still are, right? I still am, but I was more of a cellist back then. Um, but at the time, I had chosen to go there for the school because it was like one of the only schools as a small liberal arts school that allows you to study music and the sciencey stuff at the same time. Most schools kind of have those separated out, mm-hmm. and I really wanted to do both. So I was the classic like pre med student, but also the music nerd on the side and doing all the other stuff. Oh my gosh, I love that. That's so, that's amazing. I would love to hear you play sometime. Do you still play kind of on a regular basis? Uh, You know, I do a little bit. I have to admit, I'm pretty rusty. I haven't really kept up with it as much as I would have liked to just, you know, life and life. And I'm not really in a community orchestra right now. So it used to be a much bigger part of my life, but we still have have our cellos at home um, and play and that's kind of fun. So that's where I'm at right now. And I hope to get back into it a little bit more in the future. <laughs> I understand. I, I, I play piano and I feel like if you don't do it often, you kind of lose it a little bit. Don't you yeah, feel like that? Totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know if I would have kept up with it regularly, obviously, I feel like I would feel a little bit more in the groove. So yeah, once you take a long break, it's kind of, 
you got to build your skills back up again. Right. Well, <clears throat> and doing both in college. Oh my gosh. You are a busy woman because pre-med. I was so busy. And, yeah. I was like pre-med and that. That's a lot. <clears throat> yeah. I, I was really busy. And the interesting thing was a lot of people did that kind of um, balance of schedule at that school. Because like I said, it was kind of one of the only schools that allowed for it. Um, so I wasn't, I started off as a music major, but I wasn't really planning to do that. And I switched over to be, I was a chemistry major and they didn't have nutrition classes at my school. Like, I think maybe the nursing students had to take like part of some nutrition like unit. I don't know, but there was no nutrition class. So it wasn't really on my radar. Um, so once I kind of got to the end of college and was like planning my career, I realized I just didn't even want to go to medical school. So I kind of had this like moment where I just needed to figure out what I wanted to do. And, um, at the time I was dating Brian, who's my husband now, and, um, he was going to be moving to Chicago um, to go to medical school there. So I basically decided that I would move to Chicago to be near him, get a job and just kind of figure out my life. And that was actually really great because I think I kind of needed that to just figure out what I wanted to do. So <clears throat> this is kind of a long roundabout story of how I got into the field, but no, that's good. I love it. <laughs> funny because. I feel like every kind of little step of the way, like adds kind of a piece to the puzzle. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So in Chicago, I worked for this really interesting organization um, in the nonprofit sector, like in the realm of um, eye donation and transplant, like specifically of the cornea. So like, if you think organ donation for people in the hospital, this is kind of like, you know, just, the I version, there's an entire separate entity, actually Mm. a country that, that deals with that. So, um, you know, having this like, you know, really intense medical, like pre-medical background, I was actually pretty well suited to work there. And sure. So it was really interesting and I learned a ton. I'm so glad I did it. And it was a, it was just a great time to just, you know, have a job post-college. And then I kind of figured out, really what I wanted to do with my life. I knew we were going to be in Chicago. We ended up getting married like that next year, I knew we were going to be there for another three years. So I did a couple of shadowing experiences around really honed in like, oh, I found nutrition. This is my passion. I really want to do that. I love the field is driven by women. I have always kind of lived a healthy lifestyle. I've always kind of been into eating healthy and maximizing performance. I was also a soccer player. So kind of felt natural. And so I basically had to look into programs for the future, because my husband was going to be matching in the residency program, which is kind of like the medical school version of having to do our dietetic internship match. So mm-hmm. they apply all over the country and match. So I kind of had to follow his like schedule of matching. So I basically cast a nationwide net of finding dietitian programs. So I was looking for an MSDI, basically, not having a, you know, an undergrad degree in nutrition. Um, I kind of had to get the prereqs in the undergrad and the graduate kind of in one program. Um, so we kind of landed at our top choice in Cleveland, which was great because we both wanted to be there, but never really expected we would ever live there. <laughs> right? It's kind of not- people don't go, ooh, I want to go to Cleveland. No. <laughs> and in fact, like when he first mentioned this to me, I literally I think my jaw <laughs> dropped open. I was like, what? I'm sorry. <laughs> what? Okay, let me think about this. But, um, and I knew we'd be there for a while. His program was a six-year program. So it was kind of like, you know, really committing into that time frame. But we, oh my gosh, we ended up 
loving living there. It's a really, really cool place to live. So I will say that it's highly recommend. Okay, good to know. (laughs) Growing up in the Midwest, you know, like I'm sure there's a lot of good places to live, right? Sure. We actually really enjoyed living there. So anyway, I, my program, I ended up at, um, Case Western Reserve University. Um, and my program was a community-based program with kind of a specialty in public health nutrition. I further specialized in maternal and child nutrition. That was an area that I was really, really interested in. So I was glad that that was actually an option there. So it wasn't really a clinical-based internship. We did our rotations kind of all over the community. So it was a really great experience. And plus combining that with the master's program, I just was really happy to be able to kind of just you know, get into my career, having all of that completed. So that was, that was really great. Um, so that's kind of how I kind of, you know, pathway got into it. And then like career wise, also kind of an interesting story because, um, we were also planning to have a child. And so I was pregnant during my internship and we planned everything so that, you know, after everything, after I passed my RD exam, then I would kind of use my own time for maternity leave, find a job, whatever, figure it out. Um, and the day I took my RD exam, I went into labor that evening and oh my had gosh. my baby the next day. And she was six weeks early. So this was definitely <gasps> not part of the plan. <laughs> I know you can't plan everything, but that was like. That was, a, yeah, that wasn't expected, I'm sure, at all. <laughs> right. So that was, you know. Not exactly what we had in mind, but at the end of the day, I passed my RD exam and that's all I needed to do that day. And <laughs> then had baby the next day. Um, oh my gosh. I kind of like <laughs> joked with my OB. I was like, oh my gosh, I think I stressed her out of me. And <laughs> I was so stressed for the exam and that's yeah. what happened. <laughs> and no, I joked with her and she literally looked me straight in the eye. Nope, that had nothing to do with it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Guilty, but oh gosh, and it's your first baby too, so you probably did feel like that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it was kind of a whirlwind, right? But I was just so glad to be able to kind of, you know, I didn't really have a job lined up right away, so I could kind of use my time to figure out what was available and you know what around me could work. And I kind of wanted a flexible job. That was the other thing I kind of knew going into our field. I could find something flexible, something that fit me and that I enjoyed and, you know, didn't take over my life. So I kind of was patient and just let it happen. Um, And having made such a great network of dietitian friends, you know, in the Cleveland area during the time I was there, it was really set up for um, those opportunities that often happen just from knowing people, right? So um, a friend of mine who I'd gone through grad school with, um, contacted me. We were really good friends in grad school. Um, she also finished around the same time I did. She was working at a wellness company. They were looking for a part-term dietitian. She thought of me, you know, kind of knew my, what I was looking for. And I was like, yeah, I know wellness sounds great. And so it actually just fell into place. I ended up taking the job and it was great. And then the interesting piece of that job is kind of right after I was signed on, um, this friend of mine who I was working with, we were the only two dietitians there at this wellness company at the time, told me, well, they really want to start a dietetic internship. So I need your help. We have to figure out how to do this. And we kind of just both looked at each other like, whoa, (laughs) how do we do this? I don't know. So we basically, you know, embarked on this process of uh, creating a from scratch um, distance, excuse me, distance dietetic internship 
through this wellness company. Um, it was really, really, really fascinating and really interesting. A ton of work, but I tell you, learning about the admin side of an internship is a whole other world. <laughs> it was really, really interesting. And so um, I was, you know, being a program director, you know, after a few years and like kind of feeling out what that was like, it was just so neat. It was such a neat role. I loved working with interns, you know, having the freedom to just create this internship program, you know, that I had almost recently done myself. Um, it was really cool. I loved it. It was really great. Um, I just knew though, at the end of the day, it really wasn't the exact long-term career I had planned. It was something that I kind of just fell into. Mm -hmm. And while that's awesome and very fortunate and such a great experience, just at the end of the day, I was like, I just don't really know if I'm going to feel like I want to keep doing this in like 20 or 30 years. Right. Sure. So you know, at this point, you know, a couple of years had gone by, we had another child. So I had another baby girl and my husband's clinical residency was coming to an end in Cleveland. So I wasn't really quite sure what was going to happen, but my job in Cleveland as the director there and co-directing the program was already remote. So it was really easy for me to move with that job. So I ended up, we moved back to Minneapolis. Um, my husband's family lives here. My family is kind of nearby in um, surrounding states since I already worked remotely. This was all pre-COVID. Um, mm -hmm. It was really easy to kind of bring it along and figure it out. Um, you know, why not? <laughs> Keep well, yeah, steady. just kind of, that's true. Like when you're mixing up your life and moving, it's kind of nice to have, maybe it wasn't your dream job at the time, but it was something that worked well with how your situation was so, going. Yeah, for the things that you kind of want in a job, like the schedule, the flexibility, you know, I had a ton of autonomy you know, I was valued for what I did and everything. So that, I think there's a ton of great things I wanted about that. But over time, so once we moved here and a couple years into that, I just got so drained and really, really burned out on just the process of everything. And just eventually had a moment, um, like where I just was like, I, I don't really feel like I can do this anymore. So I end up leaving my job at the end of 2020, um, and I took a kind of a solid few months to kind of figure out, you know, what it really was that I wanted to do. It was the time of soul searching, following my values, setting boundaries. I mean, it was hard and it was easy all at the same time, but I kind of just really needed to do that to, to figure out what was the next step. Um, I should also pause for just a second and say, I really need to acknowledge that I had the privilege to do that because my husband had a very steady and stable job and I know that's not um you know always the case for people that might be kind of rare so I don't take that for granted I'm so happy that I could do that because otherwise I think I would have just stayed miserable for a long time oh and you know what I think I don't I don't think you're alone in that situation like you said like I think a lot of us go through that time kind of not mid-career it could be mid could be early but where you're just like I really don't know what I'm doing but I need to take some time to really figure things out and it might be hard for some people that don't have that privilege mm -hmm. of like a supportive spouse financially and you know professionally but mm -hmm. you still can do it right I, you still like want to recommend people doing because you found so much value in it didn't oh you? Oh my gosh um, yes a ton of value I think I was already kind of confident in my career and what I was doing, but I found the process of actually like choosing myself 
to be a huge confidence booster in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's some things where you obviously there's situations you can't control, but sometimes when you decide to just choose something else, there's still other things you can control and not control, right? Right. Right. Because you're choosing yourself. Like you're choosing you over all the things. And that's, I think it's hard as women. I think it's hard. I think it's hard as, you know, all people, but I think it's even harder for women because we are caretakers and we want to do everything for everybody else. But when you choose you, yeah, when you choose you, it's always going to, you're always going to win. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. That is very, very true. Um, so I really valued this process of just taking some time. Um, and I found an amazing network of dietitian entrepreneurs. I know we connected even before, like we talked about before, even before I had left my job. Um, and so that was really, really fun to start connecting with some dietitians who are doing anything, so many more things than I had even imagined. So I decided I was going to just sort of open myself up to the entrepreneurial world and figure it out. So a few months later, I decided to kind of follow my dreams there and open my own practice. So I have my own business now, um, which is called The Parenting Dietitian. So I um, partner with parents, essentially, who are feeding their young children. Um, It's a virtual practice. And so it's really great. I love connecting with parents and the many ways to feed their kids. I know that is kind of like an umbrella statement there, but there's many right ways to do things. So I love kind of the confidence building and, you know, educating on all of the right things that a person can be doing in their family. So that's been a really fun journey and really rewarding. I still feel like I'm just starting out (laughs) and trying Mm -hmm. to figure things out day by day, but it's going well and I'll see where that takes me. <laughs> that's awesome. Cause I mean, that's not an easy decision to be like, I want to be an entrepreneur and open my own business after you've worked, you know, for other people for quite a long time. Yeah. So when you kind of were doing that soul searching and kind of trying to figure out that whole dynamic, what was the hardest part for you, you know, figuring out this is my business and this is what, this is what I'm going to do. Um, I think, the hardest part was like, hmm, I think maybe just committing to doing it, knowing that there were other dietitians already doing it mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. know, in a much bigger, more successful way, so to say. It's it's hard to see other people doing something and think like, ooh, I want to do that, but can I? And so that just kind of getting over that hump of, yeah, I can. I just got to start and figure it out. I think is hard, but you know, I think that's one of the best things to just, you know, you have to internally be ready and have the the first few steps ahead of you and just kind of start and see where it goes because I mean, there's some things you can do to <laughs> to set yourself up and then the rest of it is kind of just learn as you go. Sure. Well, and then when you do see other dietitians doing a similar thing, you kind of kind of go like, where's, where am I in this space? Like where, where can I offer something unique or how can I do something Mm -hmm. different, which you will because you're you. Yeah, it's so true. And I think, oh my gosh, that was a lot of advice I heard. It was sort of figure out what sets you apart or how will your business be different? And I think that was kind of hard for me to put into words 
Mm-hmm. And I kind of came to that same conclusion that, well, it doesn't matter so much if some of it is the same. What is the huge difference is me and how I will interact with people and help them along their journey. So really kind of realizing that that was okay too. Sure. Um, and kind of leaning into that was, was helpful as well. That's so, I just love hearing those kind of stories. I feel like those are the things that people that are on the fence, they need to hear someone who's gone through it <laughs> to be like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's totally normal to feel, you know, confused or awkward. <laughs> and right. Just knowing that that kind of has to happen for the process to happen you have to get through that uncomfortable phase, I think, to, I don't know, if you were uncomfortable, how do you know it would work, right? You kind of have right. to do that uncomfortable stage. Sometimes I still feel like I'm really in the thick of that uncomfortable stage. Because <laughs> you are in the kind of the beginning of launching it and getting it out there and, and getting clients and mm-hmm. educating and making yourself known basically yeah for sure (laughs) I think that's such an interesting area of dietetics as well because I mean I'm an older dietitian so that kind of that stuff really didn't exist you know Mm -hmm. when I was earlier into dietetics and I feel like this whole feeding children is such an important area that we need to have more dietitians do because it's like so I mean you've had kids so you know how difficult it is when you're like I don't know what I'm doing and there's more to (laughs) life than baby food in a jar and you know there's just such a crazy misunderstanding about feeding children yeah well and thinking back you know when I was going through my program and learning about the nutrition with my specialty in maternal and child nutrition and being pregnant at the time, <laughs> just soaking it all in, thinking this is amazing. I can't believe that anybody who's going to have children, like, doesn't get this information. And then still beyond that, having children and still Googling things and trying to figure mm-hmm. it out and to decipher the information, I-, I was still trying to figure things out. And I felt like I was actually the person who should know what I was doing. And mm-hmm. so- Of course, I think there's a huge gap in the knowledge of people who are trying to learn how to feed their children and, you know, figuring out what information they should trust, where they should find their information, or, you know, even just if their gut intuition is the best thing to do, which is almost always true. (laughs) So I feel like there, there is a big need for it. And I'm glad that Um, there are ways to get that information to people now. And I'm also glad that, you know, we're in a time where people are receptive to that, you know, looking for, looking to, you know, help their families too. Well, and you think about like the state of adults and like older children and how we don't eat well, (laughs) I feel like that totally starts like as a child and knowing how to feed your kids and it's okay to give your kids salmon at age you know two or yeah I think there's just so much that even our parents didn't you know didn't understand it's so true I mean there's so much more information now than there was 20 30 40 years ago where it's it's kind of overwhelming and at the same time like so much of the basics are still kind of there 
it's so it's very it's very interesting um like thinking about some of those things but yeah I agree I mean I think many people in my age group have different experiences of growing up eating than what they're trying to provide for their children I think many are the same like simple basic concepts but it, it can now involve a lot more conversation even around the food and the dinner table or the meals or snacks and you know that was happening when I was little (laughs) no I agree I was it was funny I was having dinner with my mom and she was here over the holidays and we had clams and or she's like let's get some clams and mussels and she's like I remember when you and your sister were like four and five we would buy a bag of clams they would steam steam them and my sister and I would eat all of them and I was like what? <laughs> like, <laughs> what four and five year olds are snarfing down clams? Like, that's a weird thing to feed your kids. But I thought, but that kind of took me back to like, you know, thinking, but that's what, that's what they should be doing is exploring different foods at those kind of ages, which yeah. a lot of it's kids don't so, do. It's so true. And you think about different cultures and, you know, what's normal for different cultures. Kids kind of learn to eat what is around them, what's provided to them in their culture. So, of course, why not? feed little four and five-year-olds clams like that's it. <laughs> they'll eat them go for it <laughs> yeah totally. so with your business kind of what is your approach with your clients what do you what's kind of your process or if maybe a dietitian would want to get in touch with you about working with you or something how do you view all of that as far as your your platform yeah sure um my approach it right now, just starting and trying to keep things manageable, um, <laughs> my approach is kind of working with families one-on-one. Um, I do plan to grow that. I would really, really, really love to have some groups going because, well, I'm kind of going off on a tangent on that. But just to say, I really would love to have some groups going because I think there is so much value in going through things together in a cohort and as parents I I've kind of found like if you're struggling with something you mostly just want to know that you're not alone this is normal this won't last forever those kinds of things so having that community of people around can be so helpful no matter what it is like doesn't have to be nutrition like sleeping child Mm -hmm. behavior whatever so I think I would really love to start some groups in the future, but right now to get started, I'm focusing one-on-one with families and my approach is to take an individualized approach, really sit down with them and figure out um, what they need and where they're at, what would be most helpful. And then I deliver my services virtually over um, live video calls and also um, pre-recorded um, educational videos that they can do on demand, basically. Oh, nice. That's yes, awesome. It's kind of a combination of the two where I, I offer the live videos. And in addition to that, you know, based upon what I found, I kind of will provide these other educational um, videos that are done on like very specific topics for them to, you know, devour it in their own time in between the sessions. Which that has to be super helpful for busy families. I mean, I'm sure they appreciate that kind of combo training. Yeah, and I think it's helpful for busy parents to be able to say, oh, great, well, I can watch that. You know, it's not super long, 10, 15-minute video later in the evening when kids are sleeping or maybe they have a chunk during the day where they're taking a break on something and they can just do a really quick thing. And then they can put that item 
that action item into place right away and kind of start working on, you know, whatever that may be during that time until the next session. So that that's kind of where I'm at now. Again, it's kind of like, well, I'll see how this goes and yeah. it works great. And if it needs to be tweaked, I'll tweak it. So yes, that's where that's- I decided to start. That's a good thing about having your own business too. You can kind of see how things go, adjust it as you need to. I do like that combination. That's not something I've heard a lot of people doing, but I like that combination. And like you said, I was going to ask like future kind of goals. So Mm -hmm. thinking maybe I like the group aspect too, because yes, you're right. Like groups of parents like learn so much from each other. Yeah, for sure. So right now I offer like two main services. One is kind of a longer program and one is sort of a short one-time kind of consultation. And in both, I offer this, both deliveries of the service live and kind of pre-recorded. So that's where I've decided to start. And in the future, I plan to grow with groups and potentially add more of the video trainings that can just be kind of purchased as a package. If a person just wanted, you know, one Um, group of videos on a specific topic let's say it's you know feeding your how to feed your picky toddler or something like that Mm -hmm. and kind of that whole area is just broken down into information and the person can just purchase that so to say um, without having to go through a program or a consultation or anything so that's what I have in mind for the future a couple of sort of packages available and then beyond that, I kind of want to just kind of run groups and cohorts and see how that goes. That's about as far as I've thought, honestly. <laughs> that's good. I mean, you're think that's good. I don't think you have to think any farther because it's a lot going on, right? And you're still being able to manage like home life and balance of your life with all of this, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I am the flexible parent over here. <laughs> that's so awesome. I'm the one who is um, helping out with the kiddos, getting them to school and here when they get home. And I'm, you know making the meals, helping out with everything. Of course, my husband's very involved too. I shouldn't say I'm the only one here, but I'm the one who's flexible. (laughs) Yes. I like the flexible parent that there is so much value in being a flexible parent, I think. (laughs) Yeah. In our, the way that our household is run, one of us has to be. So I'm happy to do it. Like that's what I want actually. So it works out. (laughs) Well, it kind of sounds like even from the beginning of your marriage, you were kind of, that was already your mindset. Like you needed to find something that was going to have balance with family and work and you're right dietetics is there's so much there's so much that has changed in that area which is awesome yeah it's almost sky's the limit really at this point you can do so much in this field I still cannot believe that you created a dietetic internship program from scratch like that's amazing to me (laughs) yeah that was a really big undertaking it was kind of stressful I'm not gonna lie um but again one of those things I you know I think going through that process really taught me you can take uncomfortable steps and see how it goes and figure out what works and figure out what doesn't and fix it and move forward and that I think was extremely helpful going through that process because there also, while there are guidelines on how to basically set up an internship program, it is not laid out step by step by step. Shocker. <laughs> there's, there's a, yeah, right. There's a lot that is left up to the program to figure out how to do. So, yeah, we just brainstormed, got creative, 
try and tried it. <laughs> Which was perfect for you setting up your own business too, because you went through the same process, I'm sure. Yeah, in a similar mindset of, well, like, mm-hmm. try this and see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, what is your website? Share that with our listeners. Uh, so, same as my business name, which is The Parenting Dietitian. Oh, very good. I'll put that in the show notes as well. So if anyone whatever wants to reach out to you and kind of just get some, I love that this connects other dietitians that are maybe interested in the same thing that you are, that maybe you can bounce ideas off each other or, you know, just kind of share. I always am curious, do you have a favorite, um, like a resource, a book or a website that you kind of use as your, where you get your education for feeding kiddos? Oh, that's a great question. I I don't know if I have just one favorite, but I really do kind of take it back to the basics of um, what Ellen Satter kind of created and teaches of the division of responsibility in feeding. She, yeah, she's got a lot of information on that. And a lot of dietitians are taught that kind of basic format, which is like, the parents are in charge of providing, preparing the food and when um, the child, children are responsible for eating it. That's kind of the basics of it. There's, there's obviously a lot more details, but it's the response. You you know where the responsibility lies is the parent, the child has their responsibility to eat. So I, I take a lot of, um, if there's an issue, sometimes I can really take it back to some of those basics right there. Um, so that's, I feel like, is a, a really good resource that I lean on. Interesting. Good to know. I like that. I try not to, I don't play in the field of children too much when it comes to my practice, but yeah. <laughs> I definitely like to refer out to other people that are more experts, but that's a good kind of mm-hmm. just a place to educate myself too if I do have something that pops up. So yeah. I'm also on social media with the same name the parenting dietitian the words are separated by dots okay so that's um also another place where people can find me and there's also a lot of other really great resources now on social media for feeding children which I find is so helpful as a parent too (laughs) oh yeah you're still a parent too you're a dietitian and a parent (laughs) (laughs) well good I'll put I'll put those in the show notes too if people want to find you and connect with you I hope they do because Susie is awesome I just (laughs) also love she has two adorable children and she shares just even your personal experiences too which is nice yeah it's fun I mean you kind of have to show what life is like in the background of everything because everyone has their own stuff going on right it's not right. just about like what you're doing in your professional career I kind of like that side of it too it helps yeah it helps connect with other people on that real life level experience and I also love that your girls are so girly and wear lots of pink and purple and that they're like right after my own heart they're so pink cute. and purple everything <laughs> oh so funny I tried so hard when they were little to keep things neutral and let them <laughs> wear other colors once they had an opinion I that's you. it <laughs> purple sparkly everything <laughs> oh my gosh I love it I sometimes wish I could wear some of those clothes that little yeah. girls have because they're so cute <laughs> I know I think to myself where's the adult version I know I know <laughs> 
Well, thanks for answering all my easy questions. Are you ready for my hard questions? Sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, why don't you share with me some foods that you enjoy? Uh, I honestly, I enjoy most anything. Um, I'm, I'm a foodie. I feel like I cook at home most of the time and I love doing that. Um, I would say my favorite foods are usually like the savory kinds of dishes where, I don't know, there's just so much flavor in there. Um, I do love a good brunch meal, but it can't just be like sweet or savory. Mm. It both. If it's just one, it's not complete. So it has <laughs> to be both. It has to be like, you know, French toast and... I don't know, eggs or sausage or whatever. Can't just be one. <laughs> I like, well, and you cook a lot with the girls too. I mean, I yeah. did see that too, which I think is so fun to cook with your family as well. It, it is really fun. Yeah. So it's great to be able to enjoy all that here at home too. I love it. <laughs> Any beverages that you enjoy? Yeah, I start every day with coffee. <laughs> <laughs> your mom fuel huh yeah I drink <laughs> black coffee hot I don't take it any other way um and this also might sound kind of weird but I drink a hot water with lemon in it all day after that I Ooh. love it it is so good and soothing to me also I mean not just in the winter I know I have it on all the time during the winter but I drink it in the summer too because I love it so much mm. do you use fresh do you use fresh lemon or do you use like a lemon juice oh I I just use lemon juice, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is just so good to me. I always have some around and I don't know, it helps keep me hydrated. I would rather drink that than just a plain glass of cold water. So makes sense. I always, I always have that around and other beverages. I'll drink a glass or, you know, red wine on a special evening or holiday. That's about it. I don't really drink much else. <laughs> that's coffee all you need water. coffee and water that's like the two best staples a gal could have i feel right. <laughs> coffee and water yeah um any scents or smells that you enjoy um i think i'll have to the thing that comes to mind first is like fresh smelling things like fresh flowers freshly mowed grass or like fresh mm. laundry Something about them, I think, is very, um, you know, every day. But I think they're also very pleasant. So maybe that's why. <laughs> yes. There is something about freshly mowed grass. I don't know what it is. Yeah. It smells, you can smell it too. Like even if you're, even if you didn't mow, you can smell someone else that maybe did that's close yeah. to you. And you're like, oh, they just. Yeah. I, <laughs> it is the best. I can't deny though. I really do love all of the holiday scents. You know, the pumpkin, everything in the fall, and then kind of the spiced or pine around the winter holidays. Mm -hmm. I do love that as well. But I know. They're cozy, too. Yeah. Uh, if you were not a dietitian, what do you think you would be doing professionally? Ooh, a good question. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Um, I would probably be doing... Something in the healthcare sector, like thinking back on my background, something mm -hmm. in the healthcare sector, probably still in the realm of helping people, probably you would still not be a doctor. <laughs> no, I don't think I, I don't think I would unless it was sort of like a, you know, very part-time on the side thing, which <laughs> um, 
probably still in the realm of helping families. So I don't know. I probably would have created something else of my own. You probably would have. I mean, I think that's great though that you feel like there isn't something that, oh gosh, I really wish I would, I would have did that, but I'm never going to do that. So it's good that you kind of feel like you're, you're doing what you kind of set out to do your interest. Right. Exactly. It feels so, I mean, I know I had kind of a really roundabout way to kind of like getting where I am now, but it feels like each of those steps of the way kind of needed to happen to get here. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it feels right. And what brings you joy in life? Oh, I would just, you know, have to round everything out by saying good old family time. Yes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Our little family of four is just really fun. Honestly, we love just spending time together and all year we're, doing a lot of fun activities so right now in the winter we go skiing a lot our family's into cross-country skiing and there's a lot of fun trails nearby and all the winter things like skating and sledding are really fun and in the summer we go swimming at the lake and at the pool so I feel like we just love hanging out and doing things together and our girls are really close as sisters so it's just they're fun to be around so it kind of Mm. makes that quality family time easy and you know I'll admit any anybody knows this there's always bumps in the road with parenting but when it's good it's really good so I think I would just probably have to say good old family time oh I love that well I I think that you're amazing for doing this whole new adventure in your life and helping families and kiddos and sharing your your personal life with everyone too and I'm so glad we connected Me too. It's been really fun connecting with you also. And I've loved our communications and friendships over time too. Susie and I had connected on so many levels uh, outside of starting her own business. We kind of connected through social media over just our passion for helping dietitians. And I just love that she has found this perfect balance between her personal life and her professional life. And I think, I don't know if that's the underlying theme for my podcast this year, but really trying to help dietitians realize that you can have both and that works and it can happen. And if you need to have someone that can help you along the way, you know, maybe Susie is one of those people, but, you know, really kind of reach out and realize how can you can balance that personal and professional life because I think Susie's doing a great job. And if you're interested in, you know, feeding children, which I think is also a very big up and coming area of dietetics. I think it's always been there, but I think it's even progressed a lot more in the past few years. She is a great resource. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.